Amen. So life is relationships. The rest is details. Life is relationships. The rest is details. And that's from a a quote from Dr. Uh, Gary Smalley from his book, The DNA of Relationships. Now, I'd just like to ask you, do you agree with that statement? Do you like that statement? He also goes on to say, everything in life that truly matters can be boiled down to this idea of relationships. See, almost everything we do touches a relationship in some way. Think about that. Just think about your day, whether you're at home or you're at work or you're driving your car, or you're playing, or you're exercising, you're shopping, or you're vacationing, you're worshiping at at church, or doing any one of the many activities that you do throughout the day. We are constantly involved with people. We even interact with people in our sleep. There's no escaping relationships. So today, we start a brand new series, four weeks of relationship stuff. Now, some of you've got a smile on your face, and some of you are holding on to that purple chair like you've never held on to something in your life. And here's what I'm going to encourage you as as your lead pastor. I want to encourage you to make the commitment to be here for the next four weeks. And here's why, as you begin to think and and, and hear about what the topics are, you may even say, well, you know what? Okay, this first one's good because it's a general idea of relationships. But man, next week on dating, I've been there, done that. Or marriage, no thank you. Or a man, I've got it all figured out. Parenting, we're going to be talking about these relationships. But I want to challenge you with this. No matter how old you are, how young you are, or no matter what stage in life you are, you need every one of these messages on relationship. Now, now here's why. You may have already walked through some of these things, but you're still in relationship with those that need to know about these things. And especially for those of you that are older and maybe you're grandparents, my goodness, talking about dating in 2019, I want to just let you know with a lot of love, it's a lot different than when you dated back in the day. So we're all going to learn this kind of stuff together and how we could see what the Bible has, how we could set people up for success with relationship. Amen? All right, let's do this. We're gonna, we have a lot to talk about. Let's pray. God, um, <laughs> I'm certainly no Dr. Phil or Dr. Laura, yet uh, I, I've been doing this thing called relationships for 50 years. And one thing I know is the more I've invested in this stuff, the less I know. And yet, God, I'm built for it. We're built for it. And so I would pray that no matter what boxes these open in our hearts, in what emotions from the greatest of emotions to the darkest of emotions, I pray, God, that, that you would continue to be in this place and work in our hearts and work in our minds. God, this can only be done through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, 
Amen. So I, I, I'm kind of like preparing this stuff, and I knew this is coming, and I'm just the whole time like, ah. And then uh, in pre- preparation this week, I'm thinking, you know, there is there's more forms of communication today than there's ever been in the history of man. Would you agree? And yet, I think we're struggling more in relationships maybe than we've ever have. Isn't that ironic? And so I want you to open up your heart and your mind to to what I'm sharing here today and see what it is that that you could do. Not what the person next to you or the person that ought to be at this message. But what what is it that God is telling you? What is it that God is telling me about this topic of relationships? And if you're taking notes, which I really think you ought to be, uh, write this down. The very first thing we're going to look at is the foundation of relationships. The foundation of relationship. Now, uh, we're going to open up our Bible to Genesis, the very first book in the, in, in the Bible. So raise your hand if you need a Bible while the rest of us are opening up our Bible apps or some of us have a, the old-fashioned thing called the Bible in our hands. And, and so we're going to uh, open up to Genesis. And we're going to, again, we're building on this whole idea of the foundation of relationship. And we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says this. Then the Lord God formed a man from what? From the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became what? And the man became what, church? The man became a living, living being. And, and, and literally, here's the first human that's ever walked this earth. And, and, and we're not going to go here today, but you could go ahead and read this story. He was, he was happy. Things were good. Uh, he, he's, in, he's in nature and he's enjoying nature and he's, he's enjoying his conversation with God the, who created him. He, he's enjoying the colors. He's enjoying the trees. He's enjoying the plants. He's enjoying the food. He's enjoying the river in the garden. But then you fast forward to, to verse 18 in chapter 2 of Genesis. It says, the Lord said to him, let's read this together, ready? It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Let's read that again. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, who said this? Who said this? God said this. And what God said is it's not good for man to be alone. Can I hear an amen, ladies? But here's the truth. We, we, I use this phrase, uh, most people use this, you know, in the context of marriage, and it's, it's definitely there. But, 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 but this isn't, that's, not, that's not all this passage is about. It's not about a marriage relationship. It's about the idea that it's not good for us to be alone. That God created us to have relationship. Yes, husband and wife, maybe. And again, that's a whole nother topic that Paul talks about. We don't have to be married, but we have to be in relationship. You see, what's really interesting is not by choice, but the second you take your first breath, you are in relationship. Amen, church? When you are born, You are automatically in relationship. 
And we learn through studies, and I'm not going to go into that, but you take a baby immediately from its mother and you isolate that baby, which happens in many countries and orphanages, that child is, is struggling because it's been removed for the very thing it was created for. See, whether you agree or not, whether you like relationships or not, we are built for relationship. And the Bible says this, it is not good for man to be alone. This is really, really personal for me. My dad passed when I was 39, almost 11 years ago. I love my dad. I miss my dad. My dad's way, I think I've shared this before, his way of saying that he loved his kids was by, by providing for them. I'm not too sure I, I heard the words, I love you, much. But I knew he loved me. Some of you can relate to that. My dad was incredibly smart. Immensa, he was successful. Um, we had a lot of things growing up. But when his business went down, he went down. And I've shared some of that with you and the depression that followed that. But here's, here's, here's what, this is why this is, gets really personal. And I just feel like I need to share this because if there's any man or woman in, in this position, you need to hear this. After, after dad's business uh, was taken away and, and there was some failures according you know, to him, he allowed some labels to be put on himself. And so this father of mine who had some really little kids at the time, my, my siblings, and then myself, I was probably 18, 19 when this happened, he just, he just checked out. And uh, he and my stepmom's relationship, um, they, they ended up getting divorced. And uh, what happened was my dad moved out to the desert. So here's a successful businessman, father, husband, all these good things, driving the Porsche, the Cadillac, all that kind of stuff. He is now living in an RV in the middle of Lucerne Valley. And I've said this before, you know, Victorville is kind of an armpit. Apple Valley is the armpit of Victorville. Lucerne Valley is the armpit of Apple Valley. It is out there. And I'm sorry if anyone's from Lucerne Valley here. It is out there. And here's this man that has incredible intelligence, incredible success that is hiding out in the desert. And he hid till the day he died. My dad died incredibly young much younger than he really should have, 67 years old. Because for about 15 years, he chose to go hide. Now, would he talk to us on the phone? Absolutely. But anytime he was invited out this way, no. Why? Because he was embarrassed, because he was filled with shame. He missed out on so much of my son Drew's life that he could have been a part of, and uh, he passed just after Easton Again, I love my dad, but he chose isolation. 
because he allowed some labels to be put on him and he allowed to put some labels on him that allowed this. Church, I, I hope this is none of you. But I want to say something. There's always going to be a time in our life where we want to check out. There's always going to be a time in our life where we want to say, you know what? I'm done with people. Amen? I said it last week and I'll say it on video this week. I didn't last week in this service, but people could suck sometimes. And so, and so when, 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 when God says this, God said it. It's not good for man to be alone. That means what, church? It's not good for man to be alone. One of the doctors I was reading about this week said, loneliness and, li- and, and, and isolation increase the likeliness of disease and premature death by 200 to 500%. We are built for relationship. Genesis 2.20 goes on to say this. So, so, so man gave the names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was what? Was found. You see, all this stuff was just that. And one of the things that, in a positive way, for my dad, who was in the, just the craziness of this world and the business world, one of the things he enjoyed about being out in the desert, here's, here's what's really crazy about my dad. He became a farmer. <laughs> and he created an irrigation system that is still being used out there in the desert. And, 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 and part of what was wonderful about this was when I would visit my dad, he was happy because his hands were in the dirt and he was getting dirty and he was working hard and he was sweating and he didn't have to talk to people. Okay, so, so there is times for that. Amen, church? But you can't isolate. You can't isolate from relationships. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord made a, made a woman from the rib. And he, he had taken her from out of the man and he brought her to the man. And the man said, wow. This is better than apple trees. (laughs) This is better than a flowing river. That's a loose translation. (laughs) This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she, she shall be called woman for she has, for she has taken, she has taken out a man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and, and is united his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no what? And they felt no shame. So here it is, there's relationship. Adam's getting to talk now, not just to God, but now there's another human being and she looks a little different than him. And he's liking it. 
You see, God says it's not good for man to be alone, so he created another human being. And according to Adam, it was what? All good. And the garden was a safe place, right? And the garden was still beautiful, and all the colors were there, and all the plants were there, and all the birds, and all the animals, and all that stuff was there. It was going good, and and there was no shame. I mean, they're they're naked, and they're just hanging out, and they're loving life, and they're talking with God. Things are good. And then we get to Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent, uh uh-oh, what? Now the what? Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree? Now church, I could go on a whole sermon here and we could start pointing fingers and we could start having a great divide in the church as to whose fault it was. We know it was the lady, come on, no. Now here's the reality. Everything was good until the serpent came in and he caused a little dissension. And all of a sudden, an act was of disobedience happened by both Adam and Eve. And all of a sudden, there's a conversation. You could read it all in scripture in, in Genesis chapter three. And there's finger pointing. He did it. She did it. They did it. You know, it's his fault, my fault, their fault. You know, all that kind of stuff. And there's deceit and there's lying and there's jealousy and there's anger and there's betrayal. And there's, 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 there's division in relationship. Why? Now the serpent was more crafty. And today, the evil one is still crafty. And you know what he's going to go after? He's going to go after relationship. Figure it out. He's going to go after relationship. He's going to go after your singleness. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, he's going to go after your, 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 your mom and your dad and your parenting in, in that relationship. He's going to go after your marriage. He's going to go after your work relationships. He's going to go after any relationship that will cause divide, that will cause distraction, that will cause you and I to want to pack it all up and move to the desert. But church, we can't do this. We are built for relationship. Things were all good, and then out of nowhere, all this crud began to happen. And it didn't, it didn't stop there. You know, Adam and Eve, uh, they, they had some kids. And, and you look in Genesis chapter 4, and you see these two kids. You see Cain and Abel. But again, you're going to see that relationship was sometimes the best of the best, and then the worst of the worst. And in this relationship, in Genesis chapter 4, and you read it. I'm not going to get into all the specifics. You go home and read this, but you're going to see that there was relationship that was ruined because of jealousy. And because of jealousy, there was anger. And because of anger, there was pain. And because of pain, there was murder. Because this is what the evil one does. He goes in there and he destroys relationship. And I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you are presently involved in that right now. Things were going so well between you and your parents or between you and your kids or between you and your boss or between you and your employees or between you and your neighbors. And then out of nowhere, 
something happened. And fuel has been added to it, and maybe weeks, months, years, or decades have happened, and you've successfully not talked to that person. Let me ask you a question. Who has won? Who who has won? You see, if I read this book correctly, God created me for relationships. We need to go back to God's plan. Last week, we spent all of our time on that passage that is found in Matthew, which the church is all built on. Matthew chapter 22, now read this with fresh eyes with this whole idea of relationship. When Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, he says what? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your what? With all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Of all the 613 commandments, Jesus didn't answer the question with, you know what the greatest commandment is? Keep naming the animals. Keep taking care of the land. Don't stop building buildings. Keep building or digging holes so you can plant trees. That's that's the greatest commandment. What does he say the greatest commandment is? Love God. What is loving God? It's a relationship. Right? It's Adam back in the garden just hanging out, enjoying, talking with God. And go back to Genesis again. God's talking to to, to Adam. It wasn't just a flipping, oh, I just think it's not good for man to be alone. There was conversation that Adam and God were having. It's relationship. What's the greatest commandment? The most important commandment is relationship. It's relationship with God. And then go figure. The second greatest commandment is what? Relationship with others. Again, we're laying the foundation for the importance of of relationship. Look at the Ten Commandments for you Old Testament people. The the Ten Commandments, the first four, arguably five, are all about relationship with who? With God. And go figure, what's the next five? About relationship with people. Honor your mother and your father. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Church, we can fight it all we want, but we are built for relationship. How are you doing with relationship? All I can say is when they're good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're bad. Can I get an amen on that? So that's, that's, that's my little introduction to this whole relationship thing. And chew on it, process it, think about it, fight with it. You're taking notes. Number two. 
Now we're going to get into it, you know, about this relationship. I hinted already with Matthew chapter 20, 20, uh, 22. Start with God. You see, when I read this book, it says we're made in his image. And God is a relationship God, and he's a relational God. Therefore, I need to be relational. Isolation is not an option. And honestly, this is why he sent his son, right? Because God is perfect. He can't have sin in his presence. And so because we have free choice, we've made choices that have caused God to have to turn his back to us. And and this is in uh, Isaiah. So now when someone's back's turned, there's no relationship, right? And it's not his fault. It's our fault because we're the one that, that did the sin. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. Why? So we, we can have relationships. So all those silly things that we do are forgiven. All of them. Because of Jesus' death on the cross. And now we can have right relationship with God. Let me ask you, is there somebody here today that has not said yes to Jesus? And if you haven't, I, I, let me go out on a limb and say, maybe God has you here today. Not maybe, God does have you here today. So that you could hear that he loves you so much that he would send his son to die for you so you could have right relationship with God, your father. Now, for the rest of us that have said yes, how is your relationship today? Because relationships are daily, aren't they? (laughs) How is your relationship? How are you doing in communicating with your creator, God the father? Well, I don't have his email, I don't have his text, I'm not a, he hasn't answered my friend request on Facebook, you know, I don't you know, see him on Instagram, we don't Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you know what? Everything you need is right here. So, so, so just like any relationship, you've got to invest time. And you want to learn about God and you want to grow closer to God? Read this. And particularly if you want to start uh, in a place, if you want to talk about real deep relationship, read Psalms. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see about a man and his relationship with God, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you want to, you want to learn more about who Jesus is and his life and in one of the simplest of the four gospels, I'd say read the book of John. And so you, you build relationship through reading God's word and you build relationship through talking to him. Does it matter if you say, dear heavenly father or God in heaven or hey, you, you know, I, 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 honestly, I don't think he gives a rip. I think he just wants to hear from you. It's like getting a text at four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday from my oldest son saying, uh, hey, do you guys want to have dinner with us tonight? Now, can I just be honest? I had my lazy rear end on a couch watching some golf. And for anyone else, I wasn't going to get off that couch. But I looked at Lisa and said, let's go. So we drove out to, to Westlake and we had dinner. Why? Because I got to hang out with my son. God the Father wants to hang out with you. Amen? It's all about relationship. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Look up on the screen here. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We don't have to come trembling. God says, come, approach the throne of grace. There's not a don't disturb sign. 
One of the best stories is found in Luke 15. It's a story of the prodigal son, a young man that takes advantage of his father and all of his hard work and all of his riches. He goes out there and he's selfish and he goes and and explores and he, he spends and he loses it all. And he's sitting there with the pigs eating. And you could read this in Luke 15. And he comes to his senses and says, hey, hey, this is not cool. Meanwhile, the father is sitting on his front porch night after night, looking out to the horizon, waiting for his son to come home. And the Bible says one night he's sitting there and, and out in the horizon, he sees an image of his son. I don't know about you, but I could sit there and go, you know what, that's stupid child of mine. You think he's coming back to this house? No way. You know how angry I am at him? You know what this has caused your mother and I, the pain? Do you know the embarrassment in society? that is, You know, you could just see all those emotions because those are some emotions that are real that we could fight with. But the Bible doesn't say that. When he sees his son, he runs to him with open arms and he gives him a big hug and he embraces him. And he says, my, my son that was lost is now found. My son that was gone is now home. Now go and let's throw a party. Because God is a God of relationship. And no matter how much people have hurt us, no matter how much evil has destroyed us and separated us, there's got to be this thing within us that says relationship matters. And it's not that person that's caused this. It's the enemy. And I cannot allow the enemy to have victory. And I know some of us are like the victim and I know some of us have been walked all over and we talked about this in our life group. It doesn't mean we're a doormat for society. Doesn't mean we keep being abused and and verbally or, or mentally or physically and all that kind of stuff. That's not what this is talking about. But what I am talking about is that we are built for relationship and we need to do the best we can for reconciliation and also maintaining healthy relationship. And that's why this passage in Luke 15 is so beautiful. Because this is all about relationship, isn't it? And let me tell you, there'd be every reason in the world why this father should not accept his son back. But he does. That's why Revelations 3.20 is so beautiful. Behold, I stand at the door. And knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and they with me. See, Jesus wants relationship with you. The last point is next, others. So we have relationship with God, and then next, it's relationship with others. You heard the story of the two men that are you know, hiking out in the woods and, and all of a sudden they come across this bear and they're frozen and then they turn around, they start running. But the one guy got down on the ground and he throws off his flip-flops and he starts putting on his tennis shoes and his buddies stand there going, what in the world are you doing? There's a bear chasing us. He goes, all I have to do is be able to outrun you. Friends like that, who needs enemies, right? It's like the three guys that are on a deserted island and they've come across this, uh, you know, this, this magic lamp and they rub it and the genie comes out and says, hey, all, all three of you, I'm going to grant you one wish. And the first guy goes, oh, I just wish to be home again. Transfer back to home. The second one goes, um, you know what? I want the same as the first guy. Transfer back to home. 
The third one's just kind of standing there looking around a little lost. He goes to the genie, I'm, I'm really lonely. I, I wish my friends were here. <laughs> I, um, I think the core of both those stories is who? And you know what Warren's relationship more than anything is ourselves. Now, it's really easy for me to blame everything on you. And it's really easy for you to blame everything on me, right? But the truth is, we sabotage a lot of relationships. And we're not as innocent as we think we are. And sometimes we're not as guilty as we make ourselves to be. This is where I think we just need to call a timeout and say, you know what? Relationships are important. And I need to invest in them to the best of my ability for the rest of my life. As hard as that may be. We're built for relationship. Jesus' last prayer in um, John 17 was for what? It was for unity. Of all the things he could have prayed for, he prayed for unity. Why? Because he knew that, that the evil one would go after what? He'd go after relationship. Pray for your house. That the angels would, uh, that, that God would station his angels around your home and provide unity. Pray for your, your church home. You know, church, um, you look around, it's getting full in here. It's getting full. You know, all three services, church is growing, things are going well. But you know when that happens? The devil doesn't mess with just stagnant churches, right? They're not a threat. But churches that are growing, they're a threat. Church, will you pray for me? Will you pray for our staff? Will you pray for our church? That God would maintain relationship and unity right here so that we could do the best we can in loving God and loving others? I want to close with something practical. Something practical. I'm not going to go into all of this um, today. You're going to have homework. You're going to have to go home and read Galatians. Galatians says this, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and it goes on to list all these things that are obvious. And then it goes on and says, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is. And then you got love, peace, patient, kindness, right? What I've learned is this. When I'm filled with sin, my relationships stink. And when I'm filled with God, my relationships tend to be healthier. I brought two um, visuals for you because I'm a visual person. This right here is a vacuum cleaner. Right? It's a vacuum cleaner. What do vacuum cleaners do? They suck. Right? Yeah, they just go, and you put it up against something, and it sucks, whatever it's attached to. This is my closing thought for us, this, this visual. Some relationships, all they do is suck. They suck the life out of you. They suck the energy out of you. They suck the hope out of you. They suck the joy out of you. They suck the finances out of you. 
They, 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 they just come and they're just relationships that are saying what? Give, give, give. Right? Give, give, give. Now, before we're quick to think about and put names on this, we need to check out our own relationship level and make sure we're not a vacuum cleaner and that all we're doing is sucking in relationships. There's another thing I have up here. Gas can, right? Now, you fill this thing up, and especially if you're on the side of the road and your vehicle's not moving, this is very welcomed. Why? Why? Because it gives. And it gives fuel that is much needed so that the vehicle could do what it's created to do. And without it, it just sits off to the side alone. Church, I think this is a visual for healthy relationships. Relationships that fill and don't suck is what matters. And this thing's empty, and I go over to AM, PM, and I go into that station, and I fill this up. Then I'm ready to give to all of you. But if I haven't gone over that station to fill up, I have nothing to give. God is our AM, PM. That is why that relationship is most important. Because that relationship fills us so that we could go out and have healthy relationships. Not relationships where we suck the life out of people, but we fill them and add value to them. This is why relationships matter. I'm grateful for the man that took me out to lunch this week at a perfect time. And all he did was fill my cup that was empty. And when we left, I stood outside and I said, thank you, Barnabas. And we hugged. He said, I love you. And I got my truck. Five minutes later, I get a text from him that says, did you say Barnabas? The guy that was an awful person that they asked to trade for Jesus? I said, no, that would be Barabbas. But Barnabas is a John Mark, the son of encouragement. Will you fail? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us purpose in life. Thank you for designing us for relationship, even though sometimes that's hard. Thank you, God, for caring about us by sending your son, Jesus Christ. God, I'm praying for myself. I'm praying for all of us as we struggle and succeed in this thing called relationships. God, may we add value to people's life and not suck the life out of them. Thank you for who you are and what you do in each and every one of our lives. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or on social media. And if this message was helpful, why not share it with a friend? Have a great day. And your love, but you